Well, good morning, Draft Crafters. It's JP, it's Dan, and because, you know, we're doing this thing Tuesday morning, we're, we're not going to crack open a beer right now. We're trying to be somewhat responsible for that. We both have days to go ahead, and it's Tuesday, not a Saturday or a Sunday, so we're going to you know, keep it straight, dude. But so uh, you going to be able to get through this without drinking anything? Uh, no, I'm going to be drinking some coffee. There you go. All right. Hey, look, everybody's yeah. got their thing they go to in the mornings. So today, we are at that point where we're in that little wiggle room still. It's preseason. We don't want to rehash the same stuff we've already talked about with preseason. We've got games coming up this weekend. We've got all sorts of things set in this direction. But before we get too far into the morass of, of football season, both from the college and the pro standpoint, we decided we have a little bit of fun looking forward to the 2023-24, technically speaking, season. And everybody's out there throwing out ideas on who's going to have comeback years, who's going to be the guy you need to draft where in fantasy. And we'll do fantasy another time. But we wanted to look at who we think in this way too early, who knows what's going to happen next couple of weeks of uh, training camp, who's going to get hurt, whatever, uh, are going to win the awards that come out at the end of the season, both in college and in pro. And there are way more college awards than I think I give them credit for. Yeah, man, I still don't know if I have these things straight. <laughs> But, uh, the, the, some of the names, they overlap so much. I feel like I always knew these, but I, I still kind of want... Is the Bronco Nagurski and the Chuck Bednarik Award the same thing? And it's, even if they are, Bronco Nagurski was basically a fullback for the most part, and how that mm-hmm. counts as a defensive award, it's crazy. <laughs> it's hard to track. Man. Well, again, Bednarik was a you know center as well as a linebacker. And that's the thing. What it was was uh, different organizations give out the same award. So that is Nagurski and Bednarik are both awards that are given to the best defensive player, and it's given by two different organizations. So, of course, they have two different names. Same kind of thing where, like, technically the Heisman and the Maxwell Award are the same award. Just They're just given by two different organizations because people need to feel special. Super fun. See how that's confusing? <laughs> it doesn't take much to confuse us a little bit. But let's start out with uh, the NFL. And, of course, there's all the the big positional awards and uh, stuff that people might think are uh, are things that are just meant for quarterbacks, just meant for other positions. But you know what? Whatever. We're just going to roll with it. So why don't we start off with the big guns? Let's start off with who we think is going to win the MVP coming into or for this whole season. Oh, starting at the top. Why not? All right. You're going to have to keep track of these because I put mine in a weird <laughs> order. So I'll maybe bounce it around. You. but. All right, you want to go first or second? What do you want to do? You go uh, you know, first because you you're going to have to determine the order. Oh, yeah. okay, gotcha. Okay, well, if we're going to go first, then uh, we're talking about the NFL MVP, and I'm going to start off with a little bit of a shocker for you. It's a guy who's won the MVP before. It's a guy who's got a new setup that he's working with. It's not Aaron Rodgers. It's Lamar Jackson. Really? Yeah, here's why. Don't you kind of uh, – shouldn't you have to, like, play, like, every week to win the MVP? I mean, it would help. And again, that's the thing. It's like I believe that he's actually going to be healthy this year. Uh, I believe that because if of the style of... If he wins the MVP, of, it should be because of Zay Flowers. We'll talk about him later. Maybe. <laughs> but uh, Lamar Jackson, the reason why I think he has a shot at winning the MVP this year is because the style of offense they have is going to have him moving around less, which means hopefully there's less of a chance of him getting hit when he's running all over the place trying to be a running quarterback uh, in a system that's actually designed to throw the ball a little bit. This system, and again, admittedly, it was a college. It's a college coach coming to the pros, and that's always a fun flip flop. But this is a system that made Stetson Bennett look amazing, and that dude is all of like five eleven and a buck ninety. So I like the setup. I like the fact that that Jackson seems to be happy with it. The fact he's got better weapons around him right now. Really, their only real question mark, ironically enough, for this team is who's going to play running back. Is J.K. Dobbins might be healthy. He might not. But Lamar Jackson is poised for a big season. And while I could go with the, the usual suspects for this, I decided to have a little bit of fun. Lamar Jackson, MVP. Interesting. You really think that's going to happen? I I am hoping it's going to happen. I think it sounds like fun to me. Because here's the thing. I could go with Pat Mahomes, like everybody's going to go with Pat Mahomes again. But I decided, no. There's got to be a year where people get sick of voting for him or maybe he stumbles or something happens there. Uh, I thought about going Jalen Hurts. Because he was on the right track after last year, but I think they've got some. Even as much as I think Philly is, you know, the best team in the NFC, I don't think they'll necessarily be positioned uh, for him to win necessarily. And I'm not going to be opposed to him winning. I think there's a very good chance that that happens. Uh, but I think with everybody that looks like they have a chance to have a little bit of a bounce and also have a narrative that the voters are going to jump toward, because that's always how it works with these kinds of things. I think uh, I think Lamar Jackson's got a good chance. 
Okay, well, uh, I'm gonna go with a guy who's got a way better, way better chance. He's never <laughs> won the MVP before, but um, I did. My runner-up was Jalen Hurts. So that's interesting. So okay. watch Jalen Hurts win the Heisman because it sounds like he was the <laughs> runner-up for both of us. Yeah. But uh, I don't know, man. A lot of people are gonna go Pat Mahomes. I mm-hmm. that old line's a little shaky. Um, Kelsey's just getting older. Right. I mean, obviously, there's no Tyree Kill there. He does have Rashi Rice. That could help. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I don't know. And then you already saw the scare with Joe Burrow with the knee, and we all know Tua's got mm-hmm. concerns too. But I'm going I'm going Josh Allen, man. It seems like low-hanging fruit, but he has not won a Heisman before, and I feel like this is going to be the year. Stephon Diggs is still great. You throw in Dalton mm-hmm. Kincaid. You know, not that they ever really had any stalwart running backs there. The running backs they have are definitely fit more of the passing scheme. And I think he's just right. going to rack up stats, man. Well, I'll tell you what. He so. hasn't won a Heisman or an MVP. So, you know, there you go sure. on that one. Yeah. You're getting, you're getting, your, meta, you're getting your, your uh, levels yeah. mixed up a little bit. But uh, and, yep, and same, ja- thing. same Josh thing. Allen. Just different yeah. level. All right. He was on the list for me as well. I mean, he's on my short list of guys that I think could do something. I'm just concerned about Buffalo this year. I don't know quite how strong I feel about them like I want to want them and that's kind of where I was I was torn between those two guys which was fun because they both kind of came out right around the same time and they've both had interesting trajectories whereas like Lamar shot up real quick and then sort of plateaued Allen's just been this steady climb into awesomeness plus he's got some new commercials out there which is tons of fun uh with the I think it was the Verizon one where he's in the hedges like freaking Homer Simpson so definitely a fan of that one but uh so Josh Allen I'm not arguing with that pick actually I would be on board with him too I think the three guys if you have to go because it's a quarterback award let's be honest you have to do something insane to win this award and not be a quarterback and nobody strikes me as being that player this year but it is it's pretty much uh, Lamar Jackson Jalen Hurts Josh Allen so I know Jackson's in third on your list but that's okay you can be wrong Moving on to the next piece. No, he would not be the, third on my list. <laughs> the award that uh, that people give to the best non-quarterback on the offense, because that's just really, usually how it works out these days, is the Offensive Player of the Year. And I'm going to continue that trend of saying it's the best player uh, who's not a quarterback that's on offense. Uh, and I think that's going to be Justin Jefferson. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, the way Minnesota's been playing uh, with Again, their offense. Huh? Didn't he win yeah. it last year? Look, Kirk Cousins is uh, sitting here in a contract year, so he's going to want to air the ball out. Uh, I don't know that uh, as much as uh, you don't like Jordan Addison, I don't think he's necessarily going to be there to take a ton of targets away. And Alexander Madison isn't proven as a running back, so Justin Jefferson is very likely to be the the guy on that team. And if you're looking at that type of a situation and that setup and that division and being indoors, even in the bad weather, it's, I think this is a pretty decent, shape, decent chance for him to show up again. Well, I like the position that you chose. You just got the, you got the wrong guy, and you probably knew what I was going to do here because I've had a gut feeling this whole offseason about this yeah, guy. Yeah, Rashi Rice. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> no, sir, uh, uh, I am going to go with C.D. Lamb for the offensive players. Oh, wow, all right. Yeah, you know what's interesting? She's really leaning <laughs> so in. So you already – you already knew that I, I had a gut feeling from our fantasy chats that uh, this guy's sure. going to have a breakout, breakout year. Um, mm-hmm. I was doing a little bit of research on it. I already, for somehow, I already forgot what uh, what week it was. Mm-hmm. But insert whatever week I came up with. It wasn't quite the last half of the year, but it was the last handful of games, probably like six games of last mm-hmm. season. In fantasy, he was like he was wide receiver one. Like above, mm-hmm. ju- so here's the crazy thing. Basically, what I found out is the first half of the year, Cooper Cup was wide receiver one. Then he right. got hurt. Second half of the year, C.D. Lamb took off and was wide receiver one. No Cooper Cup, but <laughs> consistently throughout the year, basically wide receiver two was Justin Jefferson. He was just consistent the entire time. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. So there you go. I- I'm going C.D. Lamb. <laughs> You know what? And CD Lamb definitely. I, I I took the the easy pick, if you will. You took the the little more upside pick. And again, that's a team. Man, they got Mike McCarthy calling plays. I'm a little skeptical. No Zeke. They're gonna be airing it out more. Yeah, well, Hopefully that's the thing. Mike McCarthy. Healthy. Mike McCarthy doesn't air the ball out. CD Lamb's gonna have to do a Until lot of work this on year. his own. Gonna have to Until do a lot of that year. work on his own. We'll see what happens. Uh, CD Lamb has a shot, but I don't know. Uh, defensive player of the year, though, I'm going to stay with your Cowboys and take the easy route and go Michael Parsons. 
the way that man has been showing up and the way that they've been playing him uh, in practice, it's, I'm sorry, I, I don't see anybody else with a higher ceiling, if you will, when it comes to the potential uh, player of the year status on the defense than Micah Parsons, because he's been all over the floor. Like you said, they had to more or less joke about pulling him out of practice so that the offense can actually get reps in that aren't destroyed by this man. So Micah Parsons, defensive player of the year, it is his time. I chose Micah Parsons as well, but I'll just say this because I agree with everything you said. There was at least one other guy, maybe two guys, that I think will have better seasons than Micah Parsons. I just think Micah is going to win this award based off from the versatility, the way they're going to deploy him as an edge rusher, a linebacker, still drop him back into coverage, and it's just Mm going to generate a lot of buzz and get people excited, and they're going to give him the award. Sure. But he's going to have a fantastic season. Don't get me wrong. Right. Yeah, he might not necessarily have the, you know, all the interceptions or all the sacks or whatever. It's just overall they're going right. to be like, well, this guy just wrecks whatever Did side everything. of the field he's on every game. So, yeah. Correct. Moving on to our next spot, and that is Offensive Rookie of the Year. And uh, you know what? This is why Lamar Jackson's winning the MVP. I actually have Zay Flowers down for the Offensive Rookie of the Year because I don't see the quarterbacks that we have uh, this year, even even with Bryce and CJ and those guys getting – the start, uh, I'd love to see Richardson, you know, do some crazy fun things. I don't see any of those guys putting together a season that's going to wow voters along those lines, whereas Zay Flowers is set up for success, again, in Baltimore. And again, I, you might think that I'm like all in on Baltimore. I don't necessarily think they're going to win the AFC or anything like that. But I do see the connection between Jefferson and Flowers and the way Flowers can get open and the way he just dives and darts around. I mean, this guy plays dodgeball. He dodge, dodge, dip, dive, and dodge is how he does things out there. And so that's going to create a lot of yards after the catch. A lot of catches is just going to be unstoppable out there. Well, while I think Zay Flowers is obviously talented enough to win Offensive Rookie of the Year, I just don't think that Baltimore throws the ball enough for that to happen. Nah, but this year they will. Yeah, seems like we're both leaning into that pretty heavily, (laughs) aren't we? Um, This is, believe it or not, of all the awards, both – NFL and college, this was the one I struggled with the most. Part of mm-hmm. me really, really, and I may end up talking myself into it and changing it as we discuss this here, part mm-hmm. of me really wanted to say Jameer Gibbs for the same reason that I said Micah Parsons because I think they're going to – like he may not even have a 1,000 yards rushing. Sure. You know what I mean? But he may not have a 1,000 yards receiving. But if he has like 900 yards at bowl for 1,800 yards and – ends mm-hmm. up with double digit touchdowns or something like he could win this thing and it, people will get stoked about the versatility but I didn't want to sound like a homer on it so <laughs> <clears throat> I kind of took what I thought was the low hanging fruit and went Bajon Robinson like I I personally sure. don't think I don't think a quarterback has a shot at winning it cuz let's be honest all rookie quarterbacks struggle the offensive rookie of the year always seems to be a wide receiver or a running back or something right. to me mm-hmm. when in reality I mean I think they really need to consider some some old linemen and stuff who play well. 100%. But um, they won't. So no. it's going to be one of those two. <laughs> but I was looking at it. Zay Flowers isn't going to throw enough. Raji Rice is going to – or he's not going to get thrown to enough. Raji mm-hmm. Rice is going to take a minute to earn that job and kind of be behind. He'll. Mm-hmm. I think Raji Rice is going to have like a, 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 a Christian Watson-like year. You're you know, just saying he, that he, so you can keep pumping him up as he doesn't do a whole lot and you lose your bet. No, that's just how I think it's going to go. I think it's going to take uh-huh. a, a little bit for him to earn that spot uh, and get the trust in Mahomes. But, um, I might draft so Roger Rice wide receivers. League just to mess with you. You'll end up dropping him before he takes off, and I'll pick him up. Same thing that happened with Watson. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I don't know, man. Like Another one that I really, really considered here, and this would be the wild one, and I won't go into all the wide receivers because – I don't think Addison's going to do – like, Justin Jefferson's going to get so much attention. Addison's not going to be up there. That You get it. With the wide receivers, mm-hmm. I just don't see a wide receiver this year getting it. So, if it's not wide receiver, then what? You think running back, and it'd have to be one of those two. But right. my dark horse here I was leaning into was Dalton Kincaid, too. How crazy would that be? That would he be... Could be he could be, in quotation mm-hmm. marks, wide receiver, too, right. for the Bills. Good point. Yeah, that's a, that's a decent possibility for a dark horse. It would be weird, and he's definitely more of a receiving tight end. But I, mm-hmm. I went with Sean Robinson. I just don't like it. Like, I really feel like I, I want to say Gibbs or Kincaid. I think right. Gibbs is going to be the I, – I'm going to change it to Gibbs. 
Okay. I don't think he gets a thousand in anything. Like it might be right. eight nine hundred at both though. Yeah, but he's going to be over fifteen hundred uh, total yards, uh, all purpose yards, and that's. Uh, definitely a good possibility. I, I same thing. I didn't want to feel too much like a homer there as well. And plus, we aren't quite sure how the the you know combo is going to shake out with him and Montgomery. We're also not quite sure if this I Lions think offense on is going to be as good. I think they could both be on the field at the same time. That's why oh, I definitely. think he could end up like I think I think Gibbs might be. end up. He might only end up with like three or four rushing touchdowns, but he might end up with five or six receiving. That's sure. basically yeah. where I'm at with it. Mm-hmm. Like rushing, you might put him down for 800 yards and four touchdowns. That might be it. Mm-hmm. But receiving, he could be like 906. <laughs> yeah, that's a good possibility. And that's what's fun about trying to figure this stuff out because he, again, everyone's excited in Detroit about him. There's a reason why they moved on from DeAndre Swift and all that stuff. And so it's a very conceivable world with the way that they structure the offense that he could have a huge season. And obviously no one in Detroit is going to complain about that. Let's flip over to the other side. Defensive rookie of the year. Who you got? Oh wait, no, I'm starting with this, so I'm going to probably yeah, jump on first. I'm probably going to jump in front of uh, of your call here, and I went with Christian Gonzalez. I think mm-hmm. that's uh, him. Yeah, we're both. I figured you would. Yeah, but that's the thing. Mm-hmm. Is like I, I feel already like said, everybody knew that because I said right. it. Just give it to him now. He's yeah. already won it, Dan. This one's in the books. And hey, look, there's other possibilities out there. There's other guys that could uh, could show up and and do some fun stuff. But when you look at the talent level that he has, the only thing that would keep him from doing this is if teams figure out in the first five weeks they can't throw the ball to his side of the field and they just leave him alone. And so he doesn't get the stats that way. But I don't think teams are going to do that because he's a rookie. They're going to keep trying to test him. And he is going to keep rising to the challenge because he's just so smooth, so fluid. He has the brain for the, the game and knows how to be where he needs to be. Even if he doesn't maybe hit as hard as Witherspoon, maybe he doesn't uh, have quite as much. Uh, I mean, he's still decent size. So it's not like he's a small guy out there. The point is, Christian Gonzalez, this is his he's award to lose size. in our mind, at least. Exactly. So yeah, he's, yeah. Ar- he's already won it, so I don't even need to talk. You can just go on <laughs> right. to your next one. Well, comeback player of the year is the next one. And this is always a fun one because you're trying to guess, is it a guy who had a bad season? Is it a guy who got hurt? Is it a guy who you know, had something else happen? I think a lot of people might... I don't know that the NFL would be so bold as to try to do Deshaun Watson in this spot if he has a good year just because of all of the stuff surrounding him. That'd be a interesting choice to put on there, but I didn't go that route. I went with another easy one that has been generating a ton of hype coming into camp uh, for another reason that maybe people wouldn't want to vote for him, but I'm still going to throw him out there, and that's Calvin Ridley, the wide receiver that is now part of Jacksonville Jaguar squad, and this dude is talking the talk this year. It seems like he's been showing up in practice, but he's saying, I'm going to get 1,500-plus yards. This is going to be – I'm going to remind everybody, you know, what was happening. So I'm buying into the hype with him, plus he's on a good offense that gives him uh, an opportunity to to run out there. The only thing that's going to hold back this Jacksonville offense is their tackles. If they can protect Trevor Lawrence with anything resembling a decent amount of, uh, of, of level of protection, uh, Calvin Ridley should have a huge season. Well, Dan, we had the same player again, so I'll do a small take on him and then explain to you my runner-up, I guess. Okay. But I, I did have Calvin Ridley. My thought process was there's no doubt in my mind he's the most talented wide receiver on that team. Um, last year we saw Trevor Lawrence take a step forward, and I think he'll do that again this year, so that's got to mm-hmm. go somewhere, right? But to me, I just think the NFL is going to love the storyline, a guy who steps away from football for mental health issues. Mm-hmm. And comes back, and yeah, the the story is just too good. I mean, if he has a very good season, like I, I don't think he'll be, have like an incredible season, but I think he'll have a very good season. I think he'll just fit the bill for what they want out of that award. But my runner-up was Dak Prescott, and that just kind of goes mm-hmm. hand in hand uh, with the CD Lamb being Offensive Player of the Year. And so I think if if he does that, it obviously means that Dak you know, assuming he stays healthy, we'll have a good season as well. So I think he could he could win it and the whole America's team thing and the NFL right. eats up the Cowboys too. So it, it was between those two. I mean, there are a ton of players running through my mind. You know, Tua right. stays healthy. You know, geez, you could go to the Rams and somehow they piece it together. You could have gone Cooper Cup or Matt Stafford if they managed to stay healthy. But, yeah, I went with Calvin Ridley, man. Same guy. True. And again, it's just it's it's a hype thing right now, definitely. But it's also there's some truth behind it because he was 
you know, good in the bit that uh, that he played uh, before he got hurt in 2021, and then of course the suspension in 22. So that's all that comes down to how they value said uh, image piece there. Because I would think at this point they'd rather have a guy who you know had a bit of a gambling issue than a guy who's got a bit of a womanizing issue. If you're going to pick one of the two to have to focus on, even though the the suspensions sometimes don't necessarily meet that out the, either. But that's a whole other story. The Watson like thing's interesting though, because I mean, obviously he could have a comeback season. I, right, obviously, but he was a guy. He didn't even cross my mind. I don't know why. Maybe that's why. Mm-hmm. Maybe deep down, like I knew that. Like, oh, they're not going to consider him for that. <laughs> yeah, we'll know. have to see. We'll have to see how that plays out. But uh, the next one is coach of the year. Who do you think is going to be coach of the year? I think. And I don't care that I'm being a homer. It's going to be Dan Campbell. The Lions are going to go like twelve and five, make the playoffs, win the division for the first time since 1994, and uh, it's going to be Dan Campbell. It's going to be great. Everyone's going to feel good about voting for a guy like Dan Campbell, who just seems like a player's coach. It seems like the kind of guy you want to have a beer with, and then he's going to make you do 50 down-ups because he can do them too. And then you're going to throw up the beer, and you're going to have another one. It just seems like the the time you're going to spend with Dan Campbell. I went with the same guy for three reasons. (laughs) Nice. So uh, it was between, and this will be reason number one, it was between Detroit and Jacksonville here. Well, Jacksonville crept in, snuck sure. into the playoffs last year. So this is if Detroit makes the playoffs this year, it's the first time in how long? So, yes, I think Dan Campbell is going to get the nod there. Uh, reason number right. two is, like, and reason number two is the fact that the playoff thing. So I kind of tied them both in there. The fact that they're going to, I think they're going to make the playoffs mm-hmm. this year and the fact that the Jags already did last year. But then the primary reason is this. I don't know if you saw the backlash on social media and whatnot, and it could have been from the hype of, you know, the hard knocks season. But when Dan Campbell didn't win coach mm-hmm. of the year last year, did you see the backlash like on social media? Like the whole world seemed to think that he should have won it. So yeah, if they make the pl- right, if they make the playoffs this year, he's he's gonna win it. I don't even know that I don't even know if you can call it the Homer pick at this point. I just think it's low hanging fruit. Hmm. Yeah, and there's definitely some truth to that. Uh, I'd have to say that you, again, anything can happen in the NFL season. If uh, let's say Doug Peterson and the Jags somehow go like 15 and two, you know, maybe he gets the nod for that. But Peterson's mm-hmm. a known commodity because of what he did they with going the, 15 the Eagles. Two. No, they're not. But I'm saying it's like the the, yeah, the Eagles are expected. Well, I would say, he, but also he's like uh, because again, so Sirianni again with them too was like. Uh, but even Peterson did what he did with the Eagles, so he's kind of known, you know. And so I feel like they like to give this award to a team that either that exceeds expectations, but also to a coach that maybe hasn't won it before in this game. And so that combination works out well. Obviously, we're optimistic Lions I, fans sitting back here saying Dan Campbell, but still, yeah, there's truth. I, well, it. we knew I was going to say Dan Campbell, but I'm actually kind of shocked <laughs> you didn't say Brian Dable. I thought you'd have said it all day. Mm. You had to get in a little bit of something. If you notice, at no point have we talked about a Giants player for any of these awards, and then you got to drop in the coaching stuff. Huh? Yeah, uh-huh. Appreciate mm-hmm. you keeping that rolling. Uh, but Oops. you'll notice that I did not say Isaiah Simmons for any of these awards. So, you know. But you got his name in now, better. so now we're even. Uh, well, it's because you threw, nah, thrown Dable at me. All right. Two other fun ones that I just want to get your opinion on. Uh, the Deacon Jones. <laughs> snuck uh, it in. Pretty uh, Ridiculous. The Deacon Jones sack leader, though, who is going to have the most sacks this year in the NFL? You want me to go first on this one? You already know who I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, how do you go first on this one? Miles Garrett. Okay. See, I think that's Which, too simple. He, he, too easy, he's man. the guy He because he's that dang good. I mean, he, he had a little accident. Well, I forget what it was. Was it a car accident? Was it like a motorcycle accident? I forget what it was car accident, last year. Sure. But, you know, he had that and got off to a little bit of a slow start. But once this guy gets rolling, it feels like he gets two sacks every game. That's 34 sacks in a season. He's not going to do that, obviously. But I think he's going to lead the league in sacks. I think he's going to have, in my opinion, the best defensive season. It's just not going to have as much versatility as Micah Parsons because I almost Mm -hmm. put Miles Garrett for Defensive Player of the Year. (laughs) Fair. Uh, he's not decided... gonna get, it's not like he's going to go out there and get tackles and picks and all that, too. Mm-hmm. He's just going to get sacks and you know, sacks force and a lot of pressures and probably a ton of tackles sacks. for losses. Yeah, yeah. Right. So. Right. 
Always, always more sacks. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, that's a great pick. And I'm not necessarily going to disagree with you, but I am going to go with somebody else because I felt like it. It's Aiden Hutchinson. Why not? Right. Uh, if he, oh, you think he's a lead the league in sacks? Why not? Would you be Oof. opposed to that? I would. I'd love it. All right then. I'd and yeah, it. don't get me wrong. That that that's me throwing some stuff out there. Uh, it just like I maybe did a little bit with Lamar. At, uh, I mean, at he's he's my level. new favorite player in the league. Right. And again, now that he's Tommy's obviously done. I had to find someone. Ooh, there you go. Hutch. Right. And when you look at Hutch, he's gotten bigger this year. He's still just as strong and fast from what everybody's saying coming out of training camp. Training with JJ Watt. Right, and training with J.J. Watt, he's figuring out some of the nuances of the game that maybe he didn't have last year. I'm on board. I'm a full-on, you know, Honolulu blue loving this guy, and that's, hey, look, I could completely be wrong about him, uh, but I think he's still going to have a double-digit You are. I hope you're not, though. Right, he's going to have double-digit sacks. I feel very strong about that. Yes. I think he could end up, I think he could end up with right around 13 sacks. 13, yeah. 14, somewhere in that ballpark. Sure. But I think Miles, I think Miles Garrett is going to exceed twenty this year. Oh, I don't see okay. Hutch doing that in year two. He's going to be breaking records this year. So we got to get like yeah, what, I think he could, especially with the extra game. Okay, something like that. I think he's going to flirt with it for sure. Bit enthusiastic. And if he breaks okay. the sack record, tell me he's not going to at least get. Time will tell, okay. my friend. Time will tell. You know what the best part about this is? Is What's in that? fantasy because we're nerds. And we have individual <laughs> defensive players in fantasy football. Who are my two defensive linemen? Yeah, yeah. I have both uh, those guys. I got not Garrett looking, and Hutch. It's not looking good for the rest of us, is it? I feel really good about my D linemen. Yeah, well, you felt really good about yep. your team last year, and that didn't work out too well. All so right. we'll see what happens. But all right, cool. Let's look at. Uh, I think that's pretty much it. Is there anything else in the NFL we need to talk about? Yeah, you didn't talk about the Jim Brown. All right, so sorry, one more time. Just kidding. The the Jim Brown rushing leader, which don't don't be wrong, it's just one of the awards they give out at the NFL Honors. They don't do like a, who had the most pa- most catches. They don't have who had the most receiving yards, but they do still have the rushing leader. And I went with the last time I think we're going to be talking about this guy in this position, but threw one more bone at Derrick Henry just because of how they run that offense where the the points are going to come from them as long as he stays healthy against one of those types of things. But the dude just bruises people. He's got a body style that makes you think he's going to hang around for a while, and he just keeps hammering guys. And I feel like with the way that that team is set up, he's going to be in position to to get the most yards this year, especially because some of the other guys that you might think have chances to do that are in more of a combined backfield now. So Derrick Henry, the Jim Brown rushing leader one last time. Before I before I get into mine, I'll just say real quick, I just got an alert. Apparently, the Colts have announced Anthony Richardson is the week one starter for the regular season, no matter what happens from here on out. Doing our so. man dirty. Sorry, no, Gardner, get man. get him in there. Let him so, play. No, Gardner. Not, not, I'm feeling for I Gardner know. Minshew. Well, that's yeah. what happens when you're, you know, you have a top five pick, go to a team. Sorry, you're not going to start. you got to go with yeah. the top five pick, no matter what happens. All right. Sorry, Back Gardner. on track, though. Dan, you got the rushing leader wrong. Sorry, buddy. Did I? Okay. You got it wrong. He already did it last year, and he's getting worn down. Everybody has been predicting the fall off for the Yeti. I call mm-hmm. him the Yeti. Uh, <laughs> but uh, I never have, but I think we're approaching the point. I think he does have one more really good year in him. I think it is this year. Uh-huh. I just don't think it's good enough to lead the league. Uh, Kareem Hunt's gone in Cleveland, so I'm calling nah. for Nick Chubb. Sure. Yeah, this is Chubb's team. Who's that. behind Chubb? <laughs> and Chubb, well, yeah. what is he? His whole career, he's averaging like over five yards a carry. Like, just put it in the books. Give him five right. yards a carry, and if he gets 300 carries this year, what does that end up being? Woo. Yeah, 1,500 yards, right? Uh, are you trying to tell me that Jerome Ford, Demetric Felton Jr., John Kelly Jr., Hassan Hall, and Jordan Wilkins aren't going to be able to, to push him for carries? Mm-mm. Nope. (laughs) That's not a bad honestly that's not a bad bet. So you are pretty high on the Cleveland Browns this year from the look of things. Well, I well, I got him and Miles Garrett. But yeah, the Browns, you know, if if Watson can rebound, I mean Amari Cooper is a very solid wide receiver. They got, you know, they they got Nick Chubb, who's incredible. Their defense, they got a lot of cool pieces. I mean, I don't know. The Browns could be a surprise team in that division. Sure. Put it this way. We might have to sit and do this towards the end of the year. There's a good mm-hmm. chance I might have the Browns finishing second in that division. 
Well, I think that's a that's a Hot yeah, that's take. a weird division right now. Yeah. The North on both sides are two very wide open divisions, but because there's actual decent teams top to bottom there, because I mean, when you look at the everybody uh, on both of those divisions, there's there's cases to be made that these teams can have great seasons. They obviously all won't, but yeah, it should be fun. Well, that wraps up the NFL for us. Let's uh, let's take a peek at uh, what we've been drinking a little bit here with a little beer break. We didn't do beer awards. We're not going to predict who's going to have the best you know MVP <laughs> of the season for beer, although we can probably do that at some point, but. Uh, what's uh, what's been on your palate lately, sir? Well, should I cover? Should I save one for next time? I'll save one for next time. I'll just okay. cover cover one for today because I had two new beers mm-hmm. in the past day or two. Um, I, I I was extremely excited, and I'll admit I don't know how this slipped my radar here, but I didn't know it was even coming out, so it was a pleasant surprise just to kind of walk by and see it sitting on the shelf. It's like, oh, yeah, they are overdue for a new release here. Mm-hmm. Well, it's a, it's, a, it's a Homer beer. Founders, KBS, they released a, a blueberry one, Dan. Mm-hmm. A blueberry KBS. So And? Blueberry's not my favorite fruit, so I might have been a little harsher on it. But here's the thing. This beer was really, really good. And if you like blueberries, people <laughs> are going to love this thing. I think the only mm-hmm. issue that I have, I think it's why I still always say my favorite KBS is the original KBS, and my one, you know, outside of that, like I like the more subtle like ones, like the hazelnut one. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because it's just sure. a, a KBS with a touch of something else. This didn't have a touch of blueberries. It's like you mashed up a whole pound of blueberries <laughs> and shoved it into a bottle. It is mm-hmm. blueberry forward, my friend. So <laughs> it was very good. It was mm-hmm. very good, very drinkable. I might even buy another little four pack of them. They were good enough, but I tell you what, you can only have like one at one for the day, and then you have to wait a couple of days before you're in the mood for a blueberry again. <laughs> Fair. Well, and it fits though because uh, those people who aren't aware of this, obviously, both of us are in Michigan. I'm in West Michigan, which is where Founders is based. There's a lot of blueberry fields in this part of the state, and then kind of going up the right by the uh, the lakeshore there. And so it totally fits. Not anymore. They put them all in this batch. <laughs> no, they're still there. They're just barren right now, right? But yeah, so yeah. that's uh, that's fun. I'll definitely have to try that one out. I'm, I'm quite curious about that. So, uh, and then uh, what was the other one you tried? Well, I'm going to save it. For episode two this week. Oh, okay. Sorry, I thought you said yes. Because I'll maybe. All right, we'll, we'll do I that did, one in a but maybe because that one might cause me to recap a line. You know what I mean? Nope. Fair so enough. That might we'll, be a we'll go back little to that in a conversation. Bit, uh, yeah. So I've got one to add to the the menu as well, and this is a totally different style beer than I usually go for because there's coffee in it. But uh, you know what? Guinness has come out with a coffee version, like a coffee nitro stout Guinness. It's about Which, time somebody did something like that, because as far as I know, the only, like, obviously there's coffee in, like, every stout and porter, but the right. only, if, if it's what you're, I'm thinking of, the only company that did that, remember that PBR coffee? Well, thank <laughs> the you. little, that like, was brownish a, can? That was a culinary abortion. That was just a, a miss all the way around, and thankfully enough, they pulled Dude, that off the Dude, those things are shelves. pretty good. Well, you're an interesting individual if you like those. Cool. Uh, They're a little but, sweet. Guinness lit into, uh, led into it the way, and they didn't do it because I think PBR was doing it more as like a coffee drink with some beer. Guinness is like, mm-hmm. we're just going to add a little bit of coffee to our beer. And that's why it worked. Like, because again, I'm not a coffee fan, uh, and I definitely mm-hmm. noticed that flavor very quickly. But with this one, they did a nice job of just having it kind of like hinting in the back end. So you got that little bit of the coffee mm-hmm. kick on the back end, but it didn't overpower the flavor. It was still a Guinness, but a Guinness with a little bit of coffee. So. Definitely a solid beer if you are of the coffee persuasion. And the nice thing about Guinness, people keep forgetting, that sucker, it doesn't have as many calories as you think it's going to have. And it's only like four, four and a half percent for these beers. And so you can have more than one Guinness and not feel bad about it. So, and again, you yeah, got the yeah, my, my KBS blueberry can, was, my KBS blueberry was that times two plus another half. It was like 11.2%. So. Right, and and probably 300 calories or whatever. So, again, hey, none of, the, none of these things are wrong. It's just different choices you make when it comes to the beer you like to drink. And I will definitely be trying that KBS Blueberry because i got to imagine I can find one or two of those around here. Let's oh, they're, they're to... in every single mire possible. Nice. That'll be easy enough then. Uh, and, again, for those of you who aren't uh, listening from around here, Meyer is your Harris Teeter, your Piggly Wiggly, your, your Kroger, whatever you have there. It's, like, it's just a Midwest kind of thing that dominates around here. 
Who's going to dominate the college world, though, dude? I'm going to have you start off. I'm going to give you the award, and you're going to tell me who's going to win it. So do you want to start off with the big guys or the little guys? Mm, the, the way I did mine is I basically went all offense first because, you know, I saved the okay. defense for last. That's where I get excited. And well, I let's do something from... else. Okay. I want to do something else to start because we never talk about these guys. They get zero love. Let's give them love right off the front end. Let's do Ray Guy and Lou Groza, the kicker awards. Oh, you did, did those? Anybody for those? You didn't do. I figured. Nope. You know what? I knew you weren't going to do it. I flat out knew that you weren't going to give any love. I to thought the kickers. you were being facetious. I thought that yeah. was a joke. Well, you know what? I'm sure you wrote it down in your diary. It was a very funny joke today. But uh, I went with two guys that I think have potential to win these awards. And again, this hey, look, the awards, the awards happen. The awards happen. So I'm making go quick, ahead. But, uh, the Ray Guy Award you'll appreciate for the best punter. I picked a guy from Florida, Jeremy Crenshaw. Uh, Crawshaw, rather, and it seems like he had a good season last year. I think Florida, with the way that their offense is maybe not going to be amazing without Richardson, who you know was sketched at best last year, anyways. And the division that they're in with Tennessee, with Georgia, with with other teams that are that are stepping up, I really do feel like Florida is going to have a tough season. Not necessarily a bad season, but a tough one. And they're going to be kicking the ball a lot. So Crenshaw is going to Crawshaw is going to have a really good chance to put up a lot of numbers from the punter spot. Now, the Lou Groza Award, which goes to the nation's best kicker, uh, which we've given Groza some love here and there when we've talked about the stuff in the NFL because he also wasn't just a kicker. That guy was a lineman, too. Uh, that's Joshua Cardi from Stanford. And the reason why, he was perfect last year. 18 of 18 on field goal. Is Stanford, Stanford even going to play football? They're going to play football this season. After this season is a question mark. So that's why you know we're giving, uh, giving them some love and letting them win one last award. But Cardi had a really good season. Uh, last year, again, did not miss a field goal, and that's kind of what you'd like to see out of an award winner. So that's those two awards. Now we can go with the I'm offensive I'm just impressed awards. you kept a straight face through all of that. Look, you Kickers are people too, okay? Hey, well, okay. Partially because if I was ever going to play in the NFL, that would roughly be the size that I could handle because I'm all about 5'9 and a buck seventy. So, yeah, and I'm not as fast Grammatica as a over here. Right. If I was as fast as Zay Flowers, it would be a different story, but that's, uh, that is not in the cards for me. So got to give some love to the kickers, even though you don't think they should exist. That being said, let's move to your first award on the offensive side of the ball. What do you want to start with? I was going to go with the one, the Remington Award here. Okay, The nation's go. best center. Who you got? I wanted to start here because I wanted to start in the, the old linemen, you know, because they're important. I want to start with the offense and start with the big fellows. Sure. But, uh, and I also wanted to get my homer pick out of the way. Transfer. Very new player to the University of Michigan. Uh, I don't know how Drake Nugent no. doesn't win this. Hear me out. I'll okay. give you the, the – nobody is going to pick this other than me on planet Earth. But Michigan has, <laughs> you know, always had a fantastic offensive line. Recently, they get, like, the past couple mm-hmm. years, it's always the best offensive line, Right. This is saying this offensive mm-hmm. line could be the best offensive line in the history of Michigan, which is a hell of a statement. And you also have yeah. when Blake Corum, right? You got Blake Corum, you got Donovan Edwards back there, right. and Cole Cabana back there. This team is going to run for a ton of yards, and they return mm-hmm. so many starters. They're going to have a good record. When they lead the nation in rushing, this offensive line is going to win a ton of awards, and I just don't know how he doesn't get the nod once that happens. Fair. I'm not arguing beyond that necessarily because Nugent's a smart dude, came from Stanford, so you know he fits the pedigree of what they like to have. And apparently He's super smart. He left a dying school. Yeah, right, that too. Uh, but I guess it's apparently a thing now, by the way, that if you are a future. transfer – Right. If you were a very good transfer center, just come to Michigan because Ola did it last year. Now you got Nugent this year. And so we'll see uh, what continues from that. Now, that's one possibility for you. And obviously, I'm going to hold on to that uh, as well as hoping that that's what's going to happen. But I'm going to throw Cedric Van Pran out there for you. Why? Georgia. Because Georgia just seems to always be in the conversation for awards for players. And he's a guy who had a really good season last year, was one of the best blocking guys on that line. And they're going to be in the spotlight all the time. So Cedric Van Pran, probably uh, not quite as sexy of a pick as your boy, because Michigan keeps winning all the offensive line awards. But uh, we'll, mm-hmm. we'll see. We'll see if a, 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 a Georgia guy can be an underdog in an award for a change. <laughs> all right, the That's Outland. Nice. Let's go interior alignment, which I guess sure. could include centers too. But let's be honest, this is mm-hmm. a guard. But, dude, that, there's some really good tackles in this draft. Then I have mm-hmm. – obviously, we haven't done our rankings. But – right. 
all all around, this might be, in my opinion, the best offensive lineman in the entire draft. Okay. So we'll see because he's a guard. But Cooper Beebe. Yeah, we both got the same guy. It, okay. Yeah, Cooper <laughs> Beebe has got – dude, he it was I've been high on him for a year. last season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He would have come out last year. He would have been my top-rated interior O-lineman. Right. And, again, he's just – I think he would have been my top-rated O-lineman last year too. Sure. This is a guy that – I mean, he's – He's almost Quentin Nelson-esque in the sense that you feel like you can take him in the top 10 and no one's going to bat an eye about it. He's that good, at least how he's shown mm-hmm. so far on his tape. And he has some versatility. If you had to kick him out to tackle for a couple games, he could handle himself. He's obviously a guard. He should be a guard. He should you know, continue to push that way. But he is he's the best guy at that position right now uh, in, in college football, definitely. You know what I noticed when we were looking through these awards, though? There's no hmm. tackle award. Probably because they just get bigger contracts in the NFL, but there's no award for the best offensive tackle. That's fair. It's interesting. That's in, that's, you think. It is interesting. They get a lot of love in the media, and they, they're, this, they're the, the, the hot position when it comes to the line. But, yeah, they don't get an award. Sorry, guys. So what's next in the All list right. for you? Let's just get this one out of the way because everybody knows what we're both going to say, but it's the next closest thing to an O-lineman. The John Mackey, the tight end award, Brock Powers, put it in the books. <laughs> yeah, two years in a row easily. Easily. Yeah. He's I'm just, sorry. I, yeah, I don't. They tend not to like to give people back-to-back awards, and I know there's a QB change there, but the guy's just insane. Well, and I think honestly, the QB change is part of the reason why, because he is such a mismatch. They're going to be looking for him more often than what, necessarily what if, other times. What if Brock Bowers wins the John Mackey and the Fred Bolitnikoff? I'm kidding. We'll that would be. <laughs> I'm not sure <laughs> if he qualifies for the Bolitnikoff, but that'd be mm-hmm. amazing. Um, all right, we got the same guy there, the Doak Walker Award. I am very, mm-hmm. very curious what you put here because I, I this feel is like the you're one not time gonna, you did. I don't think you're gonna. You wouldn't have guessed who I picked, but once I say okay. it, you're gonna be like, yeah, I could see you doing that. Well, here's what it is. Uh, I wanted to pick Blake Corum, and I wrote him down initially, but then I'm like, between him and Edwards, I feel like, especially both of them stay healthy because that was one of the reasons why Corum went off like he did last year was he was the big back they didn't have. A second guy, but Edwards stays healthy. Corum just by virtue of them having two guys who can just ball out, isn't going to have quite the same number of touches. And so I don't necessarily think it's going to be him. So I went with a guy who had an amazing freshman year last year. Oh, we went the same guy. You went with Quinshawn as well? Oh, nope, I did not. Quinshawn Judson. Who'd you take? Mm -mm. I got Raheem Sanders from Arkansas, the old Razorback. We both went. We both went SEC, and you do love your uh, uh, your mm-hmm. hogs, and you also love Raheem Sanders. And so I think it's going to be fun to see now because we have two guys from the SEC West that are both going to be piling up huge numbers uh, at that position. But Quinshawn Judson, as a, as a freshman, had an amazing season last year at Ole Miss, and so I feel like he's got a really good chance to have another really good season this year. But at least we don't have to worry about him for the NFL draft for another year. All right. Well, now we're on the Fred Bolitnikoff Award. You have nothing else to say about Raheem? Award. You need to back up that pick a little more there, Chief. Do I need to say anything about Raheem Sanders? Go listen to every single in-season college take we posted from last (laughs) year when I'm supposed to be talking about draft-eligible players and the Mm -hmm. fact that he snuck his way in every single episode. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I just wanted you to to point that out again. All right, next one. Fred Blitnikoff Award. Dude, I, I don't know. I mean... The low-hanging fruit here is Marvin Harrison Jr. Coming off an injury with a new quarterback and whatnot, I'm, I'm not going that direction. So I okay. went with Romeo Dunsey. Yeah, your your boy as well that you've been high on, notably. Yeah, dude. Not arguing he, it. He's, he had a fantastic – he, he had like 80 grabs last year for like 1,200 yards. and 1,145. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so I'm rounding up a little bit. and did, Okay, right. I'll round up the double digits. I mean, you got eight or nine TDs or something like that? Seven. So I like the way you, you're puffing oh, okay. him up just a little bit all the way around. Yeah, he's going to win it this year. Don't worry about it. Yeah, he's got a good chance to be uh, to be pushing that 100-catch number, probably pushing 1,500 yards total and then 10 touchdowns. That'll, that'll get you a lot. I actually did go to the low-hanging fruit, and I just went with Marvin Harrison Jr. Uh, as much as it annoys me to have to pick on a, a Ohio State guy, I just feel like he's still in good shape. He's the best. Uh, and, again, he's also got uh, – it's not like he's playing by himself. He has uh, Emeka Egbuka uh, next to him that's going to be – another player that's going to take some pressure off of him. So uh, the, the only question for Ohio State is, like you said, new quarterback. 
Now, mm-hmm. generally, they've just been, you know, a, a revolving door of pretty solid passers at that school. But depending on what happens there, could see could see a downtick for him. And obviously, the relationship that uh, that your boy has, Odunze has with uh, with Michael Penix Jr. in that offense out there, Washington playing in the zombie Pac-12. Uh, there's a good chance that they put up some serious numbers. So not uh, not arguing with that pick too much. No shockers so far as we go through this. What do we got next? Now, uh, there are three different quarterback awards because, of course, there are. Who'd you have? Did you have the Johnny U? Did you do that one or not? I, I did do the Johnny U. It's actually a decent segue. I didn't fact check myself here. This has to be a senior quarterback or something like okay. that, right? Has to I be just a figured Michael Penix Jr. quarterback like 45. or senior. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> isn't Penix Jr. like 45 years old? So, <laughs> yeah, he's, well, yeah, he's well, I mean, like I said, it's a great segue because <laughs> I got a Dunze winning the wide receiver, mm-hmm. so it just makes sense. Right. So, yeah, I, I will. Yeah, and Penix. again, I put Penix down as well. Right. There are other quarterbacks that are classified is as seniors. Is Bo Nix a definitely senior? have a shot at this award. Bo Nix is a senior. Jaden Daniels at LSU is a senior. So... Bo Nix is a very good chance. Like I said, there's there's a couple guys. Jordan Travis at Florida State uh, is a senior. So there's this is a surprisingly senior-laden quarterback class in comparison to what we've seen in past seasons where it's always been the underclassmen we've been talking about. And obviously the, the top two in a lot of people's minds are underclassmen, but everybody else is a senior. And so there's a very interesting competition when it comes to who's going to be the best senior quarterback for the first time in a while. But I agree with you. I think Michael Penix, the way that he played with Kalen DeBoer, the fact that he stayed healthy last year, looking forward to him staying healthy again this year, dude just flings it all over the field. And that's kind of the bread and butter of their offense. So definitely looking forward to that. How about the Davey O'Brien award to the best quarterback in the nation? So this one, this one was tough. It was a two horse Mm -hmm. race for me. But again, I don't, after losing Addison, a little wide receiver changes there. I think they got the top wide receiver recruit in the nation in, in USC. But I just don't know if he, he mm-hmm. runs it back-to-back. I'm going to just shoot my shot and be confident in the guy that I think is the, the best quarterback in the nation. And I think I'm going to go I'm gonna go Drake May, man. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he threw for, like, almost the same amount of yards, almost the same amount of touchdowns. I think they both had like a, a fair amount of rushing yards. I think Drake May is averaging like 400 a year through his first two years. He had like I think he had like seven on the ground or so. No, he had like 700 yards rushing, didn't he? Six hundred ninety. Caleb Williams had like yeah. Caleb Williams only had the 382. He just had like double digits on the ground. He had like 10. So he had like 52 touchdowns. And I think Drake had like 45. 45. Yeah. 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 So, so I, I don't know. Yep. Well, and see, and that is, is why I think I just think this is the year that people realize that Drake May's doing nearly the exact same thing as Caleb Williams, only with far less around him. Well, in Drake May's defense, he's only had one season so far. I mean, that dude is technically still a sophomore when it comes to his eligibility and what he's been doing. So that being said, uh, you could not be more wrong. It's still Caleb Williams. Caleb Williams is going to win the no. O'Brien Award because he's going to play well enough. Uh, and he's going to to push that USC team to a point where everyone's going to that's, still that's just why he would win hype. though, right? Exactly. I'm just saying that's the only reason he would win is just because USC is probably going to make the playoffs. Well, I mean, hey, you never know. North Washington, Carolina has no chance. Washington has a shot, and North Carolina does have a chance when you think about it. Uh, the ACC the is not the ACC is not that crazy. I'm going to look up uh, North Carolina's schedule, football schedule right now, because I don't remember who they play in the uh, non-conference, but uh, it's okay. So they play South Carolina, Appalachian State, and Minnesota in non-conference. Okay, that's not exactly a murderer's row. No, so win really, all those. no, they also play Campbell. They also play the well, South Camels. Carolina will be tough. South Carolina will be kind of tough, especially if Spencer Rattler jumps up the way people think he hypothetically could this year. But when you look at their, the only game where they're not going to be favored to win is Clemson. And that's only because people still think Clemson is going to be really good this year. Which is so, which is a decent segue to my next award because it is a Clemson player. Okay. Yeah. Which award are we on now? I was going to go the Paul Hornig Award. Oh, all right. Cool. I thought you were going to go versi- Heisman. I'm like, whoa, hang on now. The versatility. All right. Well, what do you got for the Will Paul Shipley. Hornig Award? Well, Shipley, man. Sure. Shipley is a very good choice for that. I mean, I can't, is he a running back or a wide receiver? Is he a both? Right, now, he's definitely a running back. He's but. he's he's doing the Jameer Gibbs thing. 
Uh, he, dude, he had like 1,200 yards on the ground, and he had like 40 receptions last year. So I'm just mm-hmm. – we'll see if that if that happens again. If yeah. He had like 15 touchdowns. Well, he I mean, started uh, to seem on. like he was coming into his own, if you will. Yeah. Yeah, he definitely yeah, uh, flipped a switch last year because his freshman year was still figuring things out, but last year he really did jump forward for them. That's a great pick. That's, uh, that's actually somebody that I kind of uh, – thought about for this pick, but I went a different direction because I had to give a little bit of a shout to somebody on the Colorado Buffaloes. That's Travis Hunter. See what he does transitioning Mm, from Jackson State on up, but a guy who plays both sides of the ball, and I got to imagine they're going to find ways to fit him into the offense even more this season because Dion's going to want to keep Dion around. Mm -hmm. So so Dion's going to want to basically probably play Hunter the way he wishes he was played when he was at Florida State, being able to play more offense. Uh, in there, and so again, I do think Shipley's a great pick. I think he's a very good chance of winning because of what he does in the backfield and then split out. But uh, I'm going to try Travis Hunter doing his poor man's Charles Woodson look here and uh, dip, double dipping on offense and defense as the most versatile player in college football this season. What's All right, next? we're finally on defense. We're finally okay. on defense. Let's go with the we're doing, Ted doing Hendricks Heisman last. Award. You do Heisman last. Yes. Okay. Yes. Ted Hendricks, love it. Who do you got? Uh, Ted Hendricks, for those who don't know, it's the best like defensive lineman award, mm-hmm. uh, like edge rusher more specifically. Uh, I went with Jared Verse. I think that's kind of low Same. hanging fruit, but <laughs> I it's just yeah. I mean, there's a good chance he he would have been a top ten pick in this past draft. He went mm-hmm. back to school. I understand he didn't light the world on fire from a sack standpoint or anything, but I think he definitely takes a step forward this year mm-hmm. and does I mean, get in that double digit territory. And yeah, I think he I think he's going to win this thing. When you look at the fact that he had uh, nine sacks, 17 tackles for loss, 31 pressures, that's a pretty solid start. Uh, and that's a guy who is going to come back again. He's technically only classified as a junior this year, but I'm pretty confident it's his fourth year, regardless, versus yeah, he's coming out pro. this season. He he's almost did it last year. so Right. And, and again, Unless he gets hurt. Favorite. Yeah. Let's, let's, not, so, let's not put that on him. <laughs> no, let's not. Uh, let's go to the uh, Ted. Uh, we did Ted Hendricks. Let's do the Dick Buckus. The linebacker award. <laughs> I, want, I want to get this one out of the way because okay. usually I'd be super excited. And I'm not super excited. I'm not taking the low-hanging fruit based on what other Uh-oh. analysts are projecting as people being the best linebackers. I'm going to talk about the guy who is the best linebacker, but he's also a Buckeye. It's Tommy Eichenberg. No, no. Don't do it. No, I've already went through it on previous episodes. He's the best linebacker in the nation. Until I'm proven wrong, I refuse to get off that stance. He's good, man. He's really, really good, and I hate it. Mm-hmm. Now, I decided so. that I didn't want to pick another Buckeye because I already had to pick one Buckeye uh, while I was doing this stuff. So I went a different direction, and I went with another guy that isn't getting necessarily as much uh, chatter in some people's minds for that position, and I'm going with a Penn State guy. Going a little bit of love to Abdul Carter. And again, this isn't like really? anything based off of production. This is just, just based off of a little bit of a gut feeling. Uh, he had six and a half sacks. He also had 56 tackles, which is not anything amazing. But he was a freshman last year doing that. I think now that he's got a year under his belt of playing out there, he has the possibility of just absolutely lighting things up. As long as he does it against every team but Michigan, I feel great about this pick. For sleeper, that's it. In that's list. an interesting one. I didn't. Neither one of us took like the low hanging fruit, if you will. But I just want to tell you this: Tommy Eichenberg had 120 tackles, 12 of which were tackles for loss. Mm-hmm. And he had two and a half sacks. He is. And a pick. He is. Uh, he's a throwback to those like mid 90s, early 2000s middle linebackers in uh, Ohio State mm-hmm. that just terrorized defense or terrorized offenses for so many years. Yeah, 6'2", 235. I mean, this is, I mean, God, he's good. I'm so mad about this. Let's change. Let's go Exactly what you want. <laughs> yep. All right, yep. let's go. Let's go to the Jim Thorpe Award. Dan, you know who I'm putting here. Okay. That's Cooper DeGene. Yeah, Kool-Aid McIntyre's. No, I'm kidding. That's, yeah, <laughs> go that, ahead. People would say that's a low-hanging fruit, but I don't care. Cooper was insane last year to me. I think he would have been... Mm-hmm. My number one ranked DB potentially It'd be between him and Gonzo. I would have put him above Witherspoon. Mm-hmm. This guy, and I, you know, he might play a little more at safety this year. I don't know. He had, as a corner, he had 75 tackles last year, but the dude had five picks, eight pass deflections. Right. I mean, those are some killer, killer numbers. If he can do all that again, mm-hmm. it's just, he's got, he's a good player. 
I'm just going. You know the one thing that stands out to me about his stats, though. What's that? You know, of the 75 tackles, you know how many of those are solo tackles? <laughs> 19. This dude's <laughs> just a clean-up, jumping-on-the-bandwagon thing. He's a bandwagon right. tackler. That's all right. Your guy only had, like, 30 tackles. 56. Huh? 56. I'm... No way. I looked it that up was not a, too long ago. That was a linebacker. I was talking about Kool-Aid. He was. I just threw that name out there to mess with you. I'm talking yeah, about somebody cool, else that's... Oh. Oh, Kool-Aid, yeah, I just looked it up. Kool-Aid had 35 total tackles. Oh, yeah, no, again. Look, everybody thinks Kool-Aid McKinstry is going to be the best uh, D-back coming out. He might be, but uh, neither of us want to pick him for this award. So you picked a guy that has a little bit of buzz, and people can say that about about him. Uh, I'm picking a guy that you probably have, uh, you'll know, but you did not even consider for this award, and that's a safety from Miami, Cam Kinchins. Six picks, yeah. six pass breakups, 59 tackles, and a forced fumble last year. This dude just stuffed the stat sheets and was all ACC safety. And so I think he's going to build on that this year and continue to put up huge numbers and uh, make you and your Cooper DeJean pick look a little foolish by the end of the season. It's it. it, it he's he's fast for a safety, too. They, I hear he's supposed to run mm-hmm. in, like, the four fours or something. Yeah, he's definitely an interesting matchup uh, nightmare out there for certain teams. Uh, he's not a huge guy. He's 5'11", 202, so he's not, like, one of those big safeties, but... Look, if you're fast, size is a little more, you know, something you can you can deal with there. So it'll be fun to see how that plays out for him. What's next? Well, it's that weird Bronco Nagurski slash Chuck Bednarik Defensive Player of the Year Award thing. Okay. I'm doubling down. Cooper. <laughs> okay, that's bold, sir. Mm-hmm. Okay. Wow. It, I, I mean, hate I just went mm-hmm. into it. I, I think he's going to have another season like last year, only this mm-hmm. year he's going to be doing it from both corner and safety, show a little more versatility. He bulked up, so I think they'll get him up around the line in the box. You'll see a lot more of those solo tackles. I think he's still going to create turnovers. I mean, this guy's okay. 6'1". I know last year he's probably playing at like 205, 210-ish. Mm-hmm. I hear he's at like 215, maybe close to 220 and he hasn't lost a step. He's also supposed to be running in the potentially the four fours, maybe four or five area. But well, I don't know. This guy's a, he's just a really good player. I just feel like he gets it. He and is your tough. guy. He is your yeah. guy coming into this year. Well, a guy that I'm going to put on this list now as this is very much a low hanging fruit. Neither of us have talked about him so far. But Harold Perkins Jr., the linebacker who's probably going to be doing a little bit of edge rushing for LSU uh, as a freshman. As a true freshman last year, he led uh, LSU in tackles for loss. He had 13 tackles for loss, seven and a half sacks, 14 hurries, and three forced fumbles, and also had a pick in there too as a true freshman. So again, same thing. I feel like sophomores are going to have themselves a run uh, right now because uh, this is another one that I picked for an award, but uh, he's got an insanely high ceiling. And again, whether or not he meets it this year will depend on whether or not he's winning awards, but has a really good chance to put up some crazy numbers and uh, get a lot of buzz for that Nagurski or Bednarik or however you want to name it award. And maybe he wins one, somebody else wins the other. So there you go. Cooper can win one. Perkins wins the other. We both look smart. There you go. I think all we got left is the Heisman now, right? Yeah, I mean, hey, look, there's always other awards in college we could throw at him, but I think we're good. Let's go for the Heisman. What do you got? Okay. Heisman, um, this is basically going to prove why you were wrong about who won the Davey O'Brien award. Mm-hmm. Because Drake May will win the Davey O'Brien, but Caleb Williams is going to win the Heisman. See, I think it's really funny because I've got uh, Drake May winning the Heisman. <laughs> he can't win the Heisman because North Carolina is not going to win enough games. The, the North player Carolina, who wins, the team that is, the player with the team that wins more games always gets the Heisman. So that's going to be Caleb Williams. And then when they go back and look at statistically and what they had to work with, who was to hit, like technically better is probably the O'Brien. <laughs> well, here's the thing. Drake May is going to lead North Carolina to 10 wins this year. And so that's going to be good enough to where people are going to be like, all right, this dude, he's the reason why this team wouldn't have made it anywhere without him. He gets the Heisman. And you got because Caleb Williams isn't going to be consistent. He's not going to be as good as he was this year, in this past year. That's why they're going to get throw him a bone and give him the quarterback award. Uh, I let's, but, Okay, here's a question for you. Who do you think is more likely to win both awards? Caleb. If you had, like, if one guy was going to win both of them. Caleb. See, I think it's Drake. This is where it's going to be I fun this year. So I am. He can't. I am, he can't. Because if you're going to win both, then you have to make it like in the playoffs. And North I Carolina's am the not Drake. doing that. 
I'm the Drake May believer. You're the Caleb Williams believer. Let's just call it what it is. Yeah. Too bad I got Drake May ranked above, but okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. So we were also going to uh, look at some other topics that we might try to fit in. But, dude, it's been an hour, and we, we just got yes. through the awards. So let's call it well, good I, hey, on this. I remember telling you there's no way we're going to get to the chatter of all these awards and plus yeah. be able to do it without the other part we wanted to do. So. Fair. And we're, we're leaving that hidden because we'll definitely talk about it at some point. But, uh, yeah, I guess that, that wraps us up. Up, man. Anything else you want to talk about with these awards for the NFL, for the college? Is there anything we missed? Is there anything you want to add in? I think Mother Nature told me no because my whole house is like the, the whole lawn's like flooded, and apparently now my <laughs> internet's going out because everything you said there froze and sounded robotic. So no idea what you said, but I'm good to go. Love it. Yeah, and that's the thing, man. We had some storms come cruising through here. So uh, you know what that means? Storms like that, that means that fall is right around the corner. Even though it's still going to be 80 degrees here for us for a little while, and I'm sure other parts Ooh, of the country, so that mean Oktoberfest is too? Oktoberfest is, and uh, the pumpkins? is nearing. Mm. And the pumpkins. Yeah, we may have to reboot both of those from last year, those of you who have, uh, haven't uh, checked out our, our themed beer episodes. And uh, we, we're still trying to figure out how we're going to do this Oktoberfest one this year, but I think there's a, definitely a good chance that we do some rebooting within that whole setup. So for now, though, Check out your awards. See who you think is going to win these things because we might be all kinds of crazy. We'll see what happens next time on Draft Draft.